0: We all have trials, stories that we hold close or perhaps even hide the ones that make us who we are, even if that who is a broken little girl trying to live in a great big world. Our pasts are the puzzle pieces we need to find beneath the couch to dust off, own, and utilize to complete the whole picture. Without them, you are discontent with the wholeness of who you are because you are lacking clarity on the full picture of your purpose. Today's guest, success coach Michelle Lapin, has used the puzzle pieces of her own life to discover her God-intended plan, but it wasn't an easy journey, honestly, is it ever? Tune in to see how this extraordinary woman went from high school dropout to doctorate, with a 10-year military service in between. Her coaching message today, get back up. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I wanna help you get there, wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all, it's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast, this isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, this isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup, focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with me, Tamarlee Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit.
1: Welcome <laughs>
0: welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. It is amazing to have you here. Um, it's been something that I know we've kind of pressed on each other's heart for a while. And there's also like that component of fear factor of like, what are we going to talk about? Am I ready to get on live anything and do that? Um, but I've had such confidence in knowing that having you come on as a guest was going to be special, not just for me because I love quality time with you, but for the people on the receiving end. So I'm really excited to have you um, mainly because I feel like our friendship has grown in such an organic way over the last few years. And it always seems like so perfectly timed and I never know what that's going to be, but it's It's definitely more of a blooming flower than like an onion, because I feel like it's just another component of how we share in our sisterhood as we walk into deeper understanding of who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been amazing to watch you bloom as I bloom. So I love having this season with you. (laughs) <laughs> um, so you haven't heard, but this is Michelle laughing and she is, um, not only obviously a dear friend, but, um, an, uh, an up and coming success coach in our area. And I'm excited to share that component. It's not an, a title that she likes to claim fully yet, but it's new <laughs> and we're excited to share kind of how that evolved and how we got where we are. So I'd love to hear like you just introduce yourself to everyone. Hmm. <laughs> like, where do I start?
1: I know exactly. Where do I start? Um so my name's Michelle and obviously she said that already. <laughs> um I should I share my age? I don't know if that matters. <laughs> age doesn't matter. I am only like twenty five. Right and there, <laughs> you go. No, no, no. We need wisdom. We at least have to be
0: thirty here, okay? We're thirty.
1: Well, everybody forever. It's funny. A lot of people think I'm like in okay. my twenties. They yeah. they they say at least twenty five. A lot of people think I'm in my twenties, and I'm like, thanks. I. Think?
0: Yes, that's a compliment. It's the no wrinkles. It's the. Sh- it's probably the height. Probably has a lot to do with it too. Yeah, and the
1: braces. And the braces, braces probably don't help.
0: For those not viewing and just listening, she has braces. So there you go.
1: <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm a mom. I have a son who is 15 and just started driver's ed. Ooh, oh wow! <laughs> it's interesting. Um, it's a learning curve for all of us. Um, I am a military veteran, uh, served in the military for 10 years, um, one deployment, and uh, college graduate, and I now work for the Navy. I was, when I was in the military, I was in the Army, and I now work for the Navy um, as a civilian, Mm -hmm. Um, and I serve in my church. And actually, I'm not serving a whole lot right now because of school. I'm putting a lot of effort towards school, but I'm usually serving pretty heavily in the church. Um, Just trying to pour in other people wherever I can. And then sometimes, actually, more often than not, people are pouring into me as I'm (laughs) trying to pour into them. Isn't it funny how that happens? (laughs) It's it's needed, though.
0: I was just talking about that earlier that you can't continually pour out no matter what role you're in, whether it's a work role, whether it's a motherhood role, which we're constantly pouring out of. There has to be time. And space for replenishment right yeah it makes total sense I want to hear because I don't even really know more about your experience in the army <laughs> that was like you did that at what age
1: so I joined when I was 19 okay I joined when I was 19 Okay. Um, so my brother was in the army okay and um, he was in for probably about two and a half years or so and um, he passed away from a car accident mm. um, and it was at a point in my life where I wasn't really doing the best. Yeah. And I was still in high school. Yeah. Uh, I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I I remember he had come home on leave. Yeah. And he was visiting with us, and the accident happened when he was going home. Mm-hmm. And the last conversation I remember having with him was him sitting down and telling me that he understands what I'm going through and that he loves me no matter what, but he wanted me to promise him that no matter what, that I would graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And I did not keep that promise. Well, um, yeah. I got into things within the next year where uh, there was a lot of challenges—emotional, physical, um, just a lot of challenges—and yeah. I ended up quitting high school and leaving the state. Well. Um, so about a year or so after that, I got my GED mm-hmm. and realized my life was going nowhere. And, and I was like, what am I doing? And I broke my promise. And so I wanted to do something that would make him proud or that I thought would make him proud sure. of me. So I thought, why not try to finish what he started? Well. Wow. That's awesome. So it's no, Maybe not I, the best
0: way of reasoning, but you have no I, idea. I was like,
1: what did I
0: do? I'm sure.
1: But I am proud of it. Looking back, I am proud yeah. of it. Um, I didn't get to necessarily finish what he started yeah. because I only did 10 years. Yeah, but that's a long time. It was a long time. Um, I did mostly administration, okay. administrative stuff while I was in. Yep. Um, but at one point, um, not quite, about nine months after my son, after I had my son, um, my first sergeant came to me and mm-hmm. first sergeant is basically the highest, almost the highest level enlisted, um,
0: person, person yeah, sure. in,
1: in a unit. Um, basically spoke to me. Um, I had some medical issues, um, at one point yeah. and I wasn't there when he talked to the rest of the unit. So he talked to me personally and okay. told me that, Basically, our unit was being activated um, and being sent overseas. Um, And I was like, "Okay, so what does that mean?" (laughs) He said, "Well,
0: Facebook Live, everyone's listening, and you're joined in." And I just realized we didn't record for the podcast. Oh no! For
1: those
0: just joining, welcome (laughs) to the Fit Food Podcast. (laughs) Um, We are now actually starting. <laughs> Whoopsie! And that's okay, because now we're more comfortable. So welcome, Michelle. I love you <laughs> so much. For those who have already been on listening to us, you're going to get a quick round too. Um, and I think now we're in like this space where we're going to be able to share, I think more fully. So I'm excited about that. But <laughs> I, I'm grateful to have you here. Um, I feel like we have really grown into a season of blossoming together. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when I met you, I was definitely a wilted flower. And you have always been a friend that stood by me, no matter what that looks like. Um, You've helped nurture that. And you've also allowed me to help nurture you in times when you need it. And it's a beautiful experience to be in a friendship like that because it really, it bonds you in a way that sometimes friendships are always the outpouring. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're constantly pouring out and you never felt fed. And while it's okay that you can be fed other places and continuing to pour into other people, when it's that reciprocal relationship, it's such a beautiful thing. So I'm thankful to have you in my life and thankful to have you on here to share with other people just the genuine um, peace that you bring when you come to a table, when you come to a house, when you come to a coffee date. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, I just think you have this heart for people to see them blossom. And I'm I'm just thankful for that. So for those who don't already know, this is Michelle Laffin, And she is not only a dear friend, obviously, but also an up and coming success coach in our area. Um, and she's done and doing a bajillion things. <laughs> and so I think, just dive in again. I'd love for you to share, you know, how how it is that you started out in the military and you were in for a decade and, and what did that look like?
1: So, um for those who haven't heard me start this yet, <laughs> um I I about I was actually when I was about 17 years old. Yeah. Um uh, my brother who was already in the military had joined the military prior to that. Had passed away from an accident. And the last conversation that we had, he knew that I was in a difficult season in my life, and he made me promise him that I would, at the very least, graduate high school. And I did not keep that promise. So um, I ended up quitting high school and moving out of the state. Um, About a year later, got my GED and decided that I wanted to do something with my life which was going nowhere and make him proud so I decided to join the military um fast forward a few years uh had my son um I had started when I first joined I joined the reserves okay um so I was only doing like weekend duties okay um but you know yeah yeah. yeah. I I actually
0: didn't know you could do that as a yeah Yeah. it's
1: either reserve or active um so I had um our, our unit had our, our weekend duty, yeah. and I had some medical things going on. It was actually, um, it was actually really crazy. I had um, was having these pains yeah. in my side, yeah. um, like, all day the one day. And I, I, we were at the unit, and I couldn't figure out what it was. At yeah. first, I thought it was a cyst because I used to have uterine cysts. Okay. So I thought a cyst had ruptured because it felt similar, yeah. very, very yeah. similar. Yeah. And eventually, they were like, well, you need to go home. Um, just, just go home and rest. Yep. So I was getting ready to get in my car and I threw up and I said, wait a second.
0: Oh, this,
1: this is not a cyst. What yep, is going on? Yeah. So I went over to the emergency room, turns out I had a kidney stone.
0: Oh, okay. I was thinking appendectomy cause that's what happened to me.
1: That's what they thought. Uh, so cause the, cause they did, yeah. yeah. So they yeah. did a CAT scan. And it turns out that, um, I had a kidney stone. Oh my gosh. So I was at home the next day, yeah. um, recovering from that. Sure. And I get this call from my, um, first sergeant. And he told me basically everything that he told the company that um, basically that we were being activated. And when I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, what does that mean for me? It basically means that um, I'm going to go to Kentucky. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. I live in Ohio. Okay, I'm going to go to Kentucky and I'm going to learn how to drive trucks. Because we're going to go to Iraq, and we're going to transport fuel from base to base. Wow. Mind you, my son, whom I had, was only nine months old. Wow. By the time we were leaving, after I got training, by the time we were ready to leave for Iraq, he was... He was, um, he might have been actually, to take the back, he might have been about 10 months old at that time. Okay. So I think uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was past a year old by the time I left. The military has this policy that will not deploy a mother until mm-hmm. their child is at least a year old. Okay. So I was still That's eligible good. to go because he would be a year by the time I left. Right. Great. So.
0: And you were in a stable
1: home at that point? Hmm. Um, partially. Okay. Okay. Partially. But dad had him at this point. No. Oh, I had him full time oh, at this okay. point. Um okay. his dad and I were not together. I got you. So, um I thought it was only appropriate. He actually had only met his dad once prior to that. Wow. Um prior to me finding out that I was being employed. Okay. Then he we got more interacted um no, got no, him because his dad was living in another state at the time. I got you. Okay. Um so it was it was difficult. Sure. Sure. Um so Um, he went, while I went to to my training, he went to go stay with his dad during that time. And then he went while I was in Iraq to stay, um, with his dad and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, after I came back, well, first off that deployment was, um, I was an emotional hot mess, um, the entire time between stuff that I had struggled with from my life prior to the military. Okay. Um, and stuff I dealt with while I was in the military—it um, just anxiety, depression, anger, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the deployment didn't help anything. Sure. And then during the deployment, um, I believe it was February timeframe, early 2016, we're driving down the road on our mission, and an IED went off on my vehicle. Oh wow. I happened to actually not be driving fuel truck that day. I was driving a flatbed with some food supplies and stuff like that. Thank it was a con with food yeah. supplies. Yeah. So it was definitely, Holy cow. It was grateful it That was 2016. No, excuse me. 2006. Oh I'm my gosh. Sorry. I was like, wait, so when were you driving a <laughs> truck <laughs> <when> I knew <laughs> you? Okay. I'm sorry. Woo! Okay. Got I it. Why I said okay.
0: 2016. <laughs> okay 2006. 2006. Got it. Uh, so pre 2011. I was thinking like that was when that happened. This was before then. event 2000. 2001 2001. I'm sorry. Yeah. To, I'm no, sorry. I'm
1: sorry. I keep, We're I'm all confused okay. Two thousand one. it was after 9-11, okay. 9/11, yes, after 9/11. Exactly. I'm like wait, 2011? it was after that Actually, okay. I joined the military after 9-11. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. That puts in perspective. Okay. Yeah, I really didn't know. I really didn't understand what I was doing. Plus Clearly. the recruiter told me that because I was going in as an admin, I would never go to go overseas. Yeah, of course you did. they lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, yeah. for anyone wanting to join the military, they lie about everything. So ask people that have been in the military. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Check
0: one. Done.
1: Um, so, so yeah. So, so here you
0: are, you have gone through this by multiple things. The sergeant tells you you're gone. You're gone. You're dealing with anxiety, depression, and any of the other underlying currents that had occurred prior to in your life. Mm -hmm. And this happens. Mm -hmm. What do you do?
1: I mean, initially, like, I just was like, I was in the passenger, and then there was somebody driving, and the thing went off. And first, so the military, after the first couple of years of the war, uh, realized they needed to protect their people more, so they came up with this equipment that – would protect the vehicle. So okay. I happen to be in a very protected vehicle. Okay. And it was a very small idea. It was uh, a I understand it was a sixty millimeter round. Okay. I mean it's not like a little sure you that little <laughs> well, but I don't know. It was to a big me, fireball right yeah. in front of us. Yeah. But it wasn't severe damage. Sure, sure. Neither one of us got hurt. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but like both of us looked at each other and was like, Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, okay. All right, let's go, just keep driving. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they that's what we did. It was just an instant like rush of oh my god, just keep driving. This is real. Yeah. And we just kept going and kept going. Mind you, our vehicle did not have any type of capability to communicate with any other vehicle. Why? We had no radio communications. Our unit only had a certain number of them, and because we were in a convoy, they would have only certain, gotcha. every so many would have some kind of sure, radio sure, comms. Sure. That's crazy. So we didn't have anything. Yeah. So there's a little like, thing on the door so you could open it and like reach out. So yeah. I'm basically reaching out the the little hole in the yeah. door to give a thumbs up, to let them know we're, we're okay. okay. And we keep driving. Oh and we were probably gracious. about 15 minutes or so from actually from the destination we were going to. It wasn't that far from oh, wow. the base that we were going to, okay, wow. which kind of- Scary thing. Anyway, exactly. yeah, the perimeter being. So we get to the base, and there's car, you know, there's vehicles in front of us, they get through, we get to the gate and we get ready to drive through, vehicle shuts down completely. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh my God. Apparently some shrapnel from the IED had gotten through the engine and hit something and caused the engine to shut down. But it wasn't until literally we were at the gate.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So, like, talk about, like, yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. I, I was so grateful that that's what, because otherwise... Yeah. If that vehicle had stopped anywhere before that, we would have been sitting ducks. Like, gracious. We would have been sitting ducks. Yeah. We would have been, we would have had to basically had people surround our vehicle to get out and protect us with their weapons. Otherwise, what happens is, um, if you end up, have, the idea to do ID is you catch one vehicle, people get out because of sure. people, the and then they end up attacking you Sure. And stuff. sure. So I was so glad it didn't right? have to, it was escalate. There are people that, lose their lives, lose yeah. their limbs and whatever. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful it wasn't that bad.
0: Right, right. Um, Still traumatic, nonetheless. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, Did you
0: ever deal with PTSD from that scenario or not really?
1: Not Yeah. necessarily. Like, sure. I don't think it, it, sometimes it didn't really fully hit me. And yeah. I think it's more of a, like, we were okay, so yeah. it wasn't that bad. Sure. It should, sometimes I get startled from loud noises, sure. Sure. but that's really it. And then I get ringing in my ears sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of that. that sounds good. So sure. That's Just curious. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest. So, um,
0: so fast yeah. forward me, what does that look like? Like you, how long were you there?
1: Uh, we were there. So I was in, I was in country, they call it in country winter yep. over there. I was in country for a total of nine months. Wow. I had some medical stuff happen yep. towards the end of the, Usually for the army, you're in country for a whole year. Okay. Gotcha. Um, towards the end of that year, I had some medical stuff happen and they sent me home early. Okay. Um, so um, I wasn't there for the entire time. Yeah. And I didn't come home with my whole unit. Okay. Um, but there was still a whole process after that. Yeah. I had been reserved before, beforehand. So right. I had a full-time job beforehand. I get home and I don't have a job.
0: Interesting. now. Interesting.
1: Typically with reserves, they will, they, the government has come up with this policy that, to protect the soldiers, mm-hmm. essentially, where they're supposed to hold your job for up to five years sure. after you leave for a deployment, but my son's father and I had decided we were going to try and be a family and be together, mm-hmm. so he had gotten orders to Pennsylvania, he was in the military too, by the way, Oh, okay. I didn't share that, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's important. Um, he had gotten orders to Pennsylvania, which is where all my family, most of my family, was. Okay. Um, and I moved back to Pennsylvania. So then I was basically unemployed for about a month until I was able to find a job. And then once I found a job, I had to reacclimate my, excuse me, reacclimate, acclimate myself to civilian life. Yeah. I mean, oddly, and not oddly, like people don't always realize how much of a transition it is. Yeah to go from being overseas to coming back to civilian yeah. life, whether yeah. you're reserve or active duty. Sure. Like sure. it's like, there's just yeah. so much. I mean, I witnessed um, it
0: being a child in a home of somebody who that happened to quite frequently that he was deployed. And then even the massive transition when he got out right. and having no comprehension of right, who am I, what am I supposed to do with my life? Right. Um, when that's all you're known. And he was in for 20 plus years. So that's a whole nother kit and caboodle because he never had a pre-military mm-hmm. identity. He only had his growth and identity. Yeah. So how old were you
1: when you got out? When I got out, oh geez, you would ask me that. I think I was like maybe 32. It's just in okay. 2013 when I got out. Okay, okay. So it was maybe 32 Yeah, And your son like at that. that age was now...
0: Yeah, I I know you're good at numbers. So he was born
1: in 2004. If I got out in 2013, he was nine.
0: Yes. Okay, gotcha. All right, so. So obviously there's still duration that you guys are in and out and trying to figure out you're in reserve for the remainder of that time.
1: No. After I had gotten back out of my employment about a year or so later, I actually went into what they call an active guard reserve program where you become activated. You're like an activated soldier, but you work for reservists. So on top of working day to day for the Army, I'm also doing the one weekend a month. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs>
1: so it was a lot. Um, I can say from my overall from my experience in the military, there were a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was even more challenging because of stuff from my earlier years. Sure. Um, it's not for everybody. Yeah. But I look back and I can say that it really shaped my life Mm -hmm. and there was actually a lot of benefits from it too. I got school benefits. It got me out of where I was, the position I was in, the lifestyle I was living. It got me out of all of that. And if I hadn't made that choice, I have no idea where I'd be today. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. So it's one of those things I would say, I don't necessarily regret it. Right. I don't can't say I enjoyed every minute of it, Sure, sure. but I don't regret it.
0: I feel like a lot of people and you know, speaking from just people that I know anyway that it is an avid like planned way to get out of situations from your childhood oh yeah because the plan's already there and often when you're in any sort of traumatic home life Mm -hmm. all you want is to get out and when somebody's offering you money and they're offering you a way out Mm -hmm. and it doesn't to you you're like traveling sure people that I've never been around. Sure. Like all of these things knowing, okay, they're going to pay for my education, all of the benefits to what mm-hmm. they propose. Um, I'd love to know like a bit more about that pre-life, that pre-military life, like wh- what catapulted you to be to that place other than your brother's passing. And how has that component? Cause I know that's the, the ground that I've dredged the last three years about mm-hmm. like going way back, mm-hmm. digging up those roots where does that come into play for you?
1: So I will go all the way back to about the age of 10. Okay. Mm, we, I was born in Philadelphia Yeah. and um, my shout out to Philly. <laughs>
0: I don't know why I said woo. I don't know anything about
1: Philadelphia. Um, Eagles. There Sorry. we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> all
0: oh, right <laughs> she's very obviously a they horse will fan. always
1: be my super bowl champions <laughs> <There we go. laughs> love it oh god okay so um i was living in philadelphia yeah. and my mom i guess decided that she wanted to move away and move out of state so she decided to move us to ohio um so just all of a sudden um, my, my parents weren't together at the time but okay. like, all of a sudden just said oh we're moving to ohio
0: Oh wow! Well, no out of plans. nowhere,
1: I re- I yeah. literally remember driving her driving. She had this big, you know, those big vans. They like those creepy things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the ones the like that, the the um window shades, right? The real the long. Like you have the two seats, of, and any of the seats that were in the back, they were out, and we only had a mattress in the uh-huh. back of the van, and we slept on the mattress during the the. Van commute. ride. Wow. As I look back, I think that's really creepy and, and really, really
0: unsafe. Also, <laughs> <laughs> seat seatbelts and all that matter. No car seats. So. Whatever. Yeah, I'm glad I survived. Yeah, but my mom
1: experienced um, that as well. Yeah. So, so we moved to Ohio. I remember transitioning from a couple of different homes, probably about three or four times before we actually settled in one place. Um, the, my mom was looking at finally buying a house. Okay. Um and We were living in an apartment in a bad area, Mm -hmm. Um, and she was waiting for all the details to work out so we can actually close on the house and move in and everything, and her and my brother um, went to the store to get milk and some other stuff, and she was robbed at gunpoint. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she talked to, I guess she talked to the realtor or something like that. They talked to the people that were selling the house and they actually let us move into the house before everything was finalized.
0: Well, just for safety. For safety reasons. Wow, wow.
1: Um, and so we finally settled they not there. not do that today. No. <laughs> they no. wouldn't do no, that they would today. Not. Um, so we finally settled there and that was, I think I was in third grade, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was about halfway through third grade, if I remember correctly. Um, I was basically in that house until I was 18. Okay. Um, you know, normal, typical teenage stuff for the sure. next couple of years or whatever, um, until my mom decided she wanted to get remarried. Okay. Um, she had met a man. um be mindful because i don't know if she's gonna watch this so. that's okay that's cool. <laughs> understandable i do it every time um, so he was young he was much younger than her okay. he was actually closer in age to me than he was to her okay um but i mean they seemed like they really liked each other. he seemed genuine yeah. you know everything was fine with Daniel, or whatever um for a little while and then at one point um things started to shift mm-hmm. and um Basically, he started paying me a little more attention than he Mm. was before and started touching me in places that he shouldn't have. Um, I was 13 when it started. Mm. And so I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't understand. I mean, I kind of, I think I kind of knew like it wasn't okay and it wasn't normal. Yeah. But I just... I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. Sure. So I held on to it for two years and it kept going for two years until I finally started saying something about it. And you would say um, something to him or your mom? I said something to uh, two of my friends, two of my close friends, and then I said something to a counselor at school. Okay. Um, once the counselor at school found out, child services got involved mm-hmm. and they started questioning me. They questioned my mom and... Him yeah. And they questioned my two friends that I said I shared. And I guess with all of the emotions and everything that I was going through and not really understanding, there were, I guess there were things that I had left out with one or the other. And so, and back then, even like children's services and research and stuff, yeah. they didn't understand things like they understand sure. things now. absolutely. So, um, they basically... Between that and at one point, I just kind of shut down completely emotionally, so they closed the case and didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the night that I, the day that I first, that everything first came out with the counselor and children's services got involved. I when I got home that night. Um, I remember going into the house and, um. I was face to face with him. And basically he looked at me and said, I, I can't believe that you would lie about me like that mm. and in, I front could, of your mom, in front of my mom. Of and I couldn't say anything at this point. You're 15. I couldn't say anything. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you had no could, voice. No, yeah. I just, I just turned my head away and just went to my room and that was it. Um, I think one of the things that hurt the most wasn't what he did to me. What I think that it hurt the most was that I do not recall ever receiving an apology from my mother sure now where I am now mm-hmm. I can understand that maybe I didn't necessarily need an apology from her she wouldn't have known what was happening yeah but because of all the discrepancies and the stuff with CPS she didn't believe me either yeah and what I mean how how could she really know? How could she? It's yeah. hard, and I know that I've yeah. heard people that have gone through even worse than that, sure. and and they say there's signs or whatever. Yeah, there's signs, but when you're not when you're not already like uh, understanding what the signs are, yeah. you're not gonna even, you're not going to notice them. Of course not. Yeah. It's like when someone cheats, there's signs, but you don't realize their right. signs are there. Right. You you know so. I can't, I don't, I don't blame her. We have a blinded
0: eye towards the one that you love and the situation that you've cultivated as, as right or, you know, perfect or this ideal. Right. Um, And so anything that skews that, if it's not within that storyline that's in your mind Mm -hmm. and heart, it's really hard to conceptualize as true Mm -hmm. because she could have easily seen signs the whole time and just ignored them because of how, you just get on a roll of like mm-hmm. normalcy and expectation and it just, it can completely blindside you. Absolutely. Um, so keep going.
1: Yeah. And and that, and that's, you know, it, it took me a long time to really come through that forgiveness yeah. on that. Yeah. But when I understand it from her perspective, sure. like she really didn't know, she didn't sure. know what the signs were. She didn't really understand. And, and, and maybe there was some internal guilt too. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I mean, not sure. that it totally wasn't her fault I'm sure. I'm sure. But, um so you know, we're I I know I'm well past that yeah. now. It's yeah. not
0: so you then lived in silence about it for three years, essentially ignored it. Did it stop at that point with him?
1: It stopped at that point. Okay. Um he was still in the house for a little while after that. Okay. Um and <sighs> I know, we have puppies here. You're not going to let me pick you up. <laughs> um, he was still in the house for a little while after that, and then some things happened between the two of them, and okay. they did finally split up. Okay. Um, But with all of what had happened and me still being – basically, I had never I never got any help from it. I never went to sure. counseling Because it basically got close. Right, I never, and so you
0: just dealt with the shame and the guilt. and Right, the, yeah. right.
1: And then – starting to get interested in boys and things like that. And that eventually opened up a whole can of worms of me not understanding that that's not how love is supposed to be, that you're not just supposed to give yourself to people and that there's more to it. And, um, you don't just do it to anybody. And so there was a whole, um, (laughs) couple of years season of just not understanding, not knowing, being with people I shouldn't have been with, and making a lot of mistakes in that regard. As mothers, we are constantly caring for others. It's our innate nature, but it's also our deepest reciprocated need. Yet, so often we don't take the time to rest, rejuvenate, or restore the glass that we are always pouring out of. You are worthy of this time. You are purposed for this space to find your freedom. You are welcome to take a breath that's only meant for you. Women's Wellness Weekend, you will be celebrated and replenished mentally, physically, and spiritually to be your best self for your best people. Join the Oceanside three-day, two-night retreat. Come be free to get hold
0: something that we've connected on, but maybe not in the exact same conversation other than saying, like, Mm -hmm. I see you and I get you. And I'm so grateful to have Mm -hmm. you in my life for that. Um, And this is something I've surely never shared publicly. And I don't know that you've ever shared that story publicly in this manner. Um, So kudos to your bravery, first off. And I'm going to mirror that because I think it's a hard thing to do. Um, but it's a really important thing to do because there are so many people listening that have a need to be released from that guilt and that shame and that knowledge that innocence is something that we should harness
1: mm-hmm.
0: as long as we possibly can. And mine was taken from me when I was three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so you're you're saying this, these stories and about your own life. And, you know, it just triggers images and flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And I, while I was really little and I surely couldn't put even concepts of shame or guilt in my repertoire, cause I didn't even know the words. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it too happened beneath my mom's nose
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she, to this day, you know, just found out recently, mm-hmm. um, you know, almost 30 years later. So I actually really only uncovered it about three years ago um, through really deep counseling and trying to comprehend the actions that I made through my life um, in similar scenarios of not protecting what God truly believes and, and instills with such authority. And yet, As girls, we don't have the strength because of how how sexuality is portrayed,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: whether it's through TV, whether it's through words, whether it's through magazines or photos. Um, Now, and I'm so grateful that it wasn't around in the same capacity, but social media, um, what's expected of us as women, and as a mere three-year-old to have your mouth covered up in a shushing position and someone who couldn't even mentally really soundly put together what he was doing himself. Mm. Um, it's, it's disgusting. That's the Mm. word that keeps coming to mind. And I hate to put that word over top of it. Um, I'm shaking actually just thinking about it, but it's okay now. But it wasn't okay for so long because I didn't even know why. And you probably didn't even conceptualize as you continue to give yourself away in that manner. Why is this why I'm doing Mm it? Why do I keep doing it? Why do Mm -hmm. I keep putting myself in this situation? Why do I keep allowing myself to like, want to feel in this way? Why do I
1: desire this kind of love so deeply? Right, right. And Oh,
0: it's because you you never were treated in the way that you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I had this very high comprehension that in order to be loved, I had to act a certain way. Right. I yep. was expected to perform. Yep. And to this day, I just like cringe when I see girls who are way too young to be wearing and talking and acting and yeah. receiving love the way that they're receiving yeah. it. And while my call I know is towards like older women and releasing mm-hmm. people from shame and guilt and, um, walking in the light of who they were intended to be, man, does my heart go
1: out to those girls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And I read this book um, called "Sex in a Broken Culture," and it pinpointed exactly to a T all of these problems within our society. Um, and I just one by one started like really recognizing it. Even and I've said this in a previous episode about like the music that we listen to and how it's it's just constant. It's constantly there, and if you are constantly living in that space, in that mindset, you are going to become what they're asking you to become because you don't have any strength to be anything else.
1: Yeah. And you don't know any better most of the time either.
0: And there's no, you know, and I don't fault our parents' generation for this, but I've just really seen it that the whole concept of the birds and the bees, <laughs> first off, just call it what it is. Like the sex talk, like, this is what's expected. This is what's not allowed. This is why this is when this is how I never really had that at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it was just shut down. Like you're not allowed to like, and that was it yep. yet. I'm craving it. Yep. So what do I do? Yeah.
1: What do I do about it? Is the, are these feelings normal? How do I, how do I process them? How do I control them?
0: Mm-hmm. And knowing what's expected. How do expected, I say no?
1: Is it okay to say no?
0: I didn't feel like I was supposed to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew and I was simultaneously living this dual life, which was really difficult in and of itself. And where I feel like the concepts of mask in my life and titles really started to play um, into each other was that I was... I was going to a youth camp, young life camp mm-hmm. because of, and, and young life in general, which is like a kid's youth group in through high school, a ministry. Um, I was going because of pain that was happening in my household. I was masking what was happening within me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything was always projected. This is the problem.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is a secret. Right. And I literally made a post today that you are as sick as your secrets.
1: mm Mm. Right. Oh.
0: And I don't make you
1: throw up not uh-huh. just in your mouth but like everywhere. I know.
0: I'm, I can't stop shaking cuz it's really overwhelming. But um I lived this life of expectation on one end. This is how you want me to act. So this is what I'm going to show you. This is who I am over here. But in secret, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing for to be loved. Right. And somehow the opposite sex who was on the receiving end or the asking end or the pulling you in end, Mm -hmm. they made me believe that this space was the person I was supposed to be. Right. They made this space more comfortable than the space of Christianity that was supposed to be my safe harbor. Mm -hmm. But again, the secrets held me hostage. Right. And I don't, I can't blame those people anymore, Mm -hmm. which I did for a very long time, because they're in the same broken culture that I'm in. And their homes were broken, just like mine. Exactly. And so here we are, blossoming women. Mm -hmm. And I, and I believe that for the first time in my life. And I think for you, you probably feel the same though you've been past it many more years of Mm -hmm. comprehension. um, I value that you have just held tight to what that means to you now. And it has been an example to me, even while being married. Wow. And so I know that it's something that you probably still struggle with.
1: Occasionally, yes. yes, especially in the context of being a single woman Correct. and wanting to be married. Correct. There's a huge dynamic on that, mm-hmm. um, on that end. I've actually been, as of last month, actually, um, technically walking the life of celibacy for six years. Gosh. Now, I will give you a caveat to that. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of, I was seeing somebody last year and there were some challenges where there were some borderlines mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the overall purity was not completely compromised and I prayed and I had peace with God. And Mm -hmm. he told me that I was not, I did not compromise my integrity. Um, though I I do admit I made some mistakes that, you know, some things that shouldn't have happened happen. And, um, we, I walked through that forgiveness with him and, and, you know, I'm past that. I'm thankful for that, but most men these days even christian men believe it or not Mm -hmm. and it's kind of shocking sometimes Mm -hmm. but then again not really with our culture but there's a lot of christian men even today that just don't understand and like well i'm human and i should be able to do that and and like okay that you have every right but i'm choosing not to and i'm choosing not to because I value myself now when I yeah. didn't value myself before yeah. and I understand that I'm worth it yeah, yeah right. I'm worth the wait not trying to take that you know that statement no people you who, I that. don't know who owns that statement yeah. or who first came up with it but yeah thank you worth the um, yeah. but yeah like I am worth the wait yeah. I, I am yeah. and uh, I actually know a couple of people that um, waited um, mm-hmm. we're virgins. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know someone through someone else who yeah. is still a virgin and not married yeah. and is almost my age. And then I know someone who just got married probably about two or three years ago. Yeah. She was like 32, I think, yeah. and stayed a virgin until she mm-hmm. was married. And that's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. That stuff is not celebrated. No, much no. And it, you know, it's really not. should
0: be. It I've, is. I got to witness it in two separate scenarios and actually was at, wasn't it both weddings? No. Yeah. I was at one of the two, but really close to the other couple as well. And, um, wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, takes a lot of self-control. Yeah! To do that. Whether I you've can... been experienced to or predisposed to sure. certain sure. things or not, that takes a lot of self-control. Yeah. And a do lot. you
0: know from their background, what type of household they were
1: raised in? Uh, yeah. One of them specific, well, one of them is not a believer that wow. I understand at all. I mean, raised Catholic or sure. whatever, okay. but well, we're not going to go there. <laughs> I mean, there's, you yeah, know, sure. there's a lot of controversy of course, around the Catholic Church, and everything. Yep. That could be a whole other yep. topic, and we, we don't yep. have time for that. We so, um, <laughs> keep, on, keep it up. The other person um, was not necessarily brought up in church, but okay. ended up starting to go to youth group at some point during her okay. teenage years. Okay. and that's, wow. or actually, I believe it was in college. Okay. Um I could be wrong, but I'm pretty yeah, sure it was either, either late teens or, or or early on in college. Yeah, was going to youth camps and stuff and that's about that's when she began to get her life with yeah. um, our meet. Yeah. Know, walk with Christ and everything. Um, so I'm not really I don't think she had the perfect household, sure. but it wasn't like um
0: it wasn't terrible. Yeah, yeah. you I mean, know nobody's household. Nobody's, is perfect. I'm trying nobody's household yeah. perfect. Yeah. And
1: you know, so um even even still, yeah, oh, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter really what no. kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I don't think it was pushed on her. You need to stay a virgin sure. necessarily.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Um, and I don't know much about about the other one, yeah. but you know, it's it's definitely still amazing yeah. to me. Well,
0: it's um, something that actually, I'm like... when I
1: think about, I know a third person, yeah. that I've just recently started getting connected yeah. with, um, and um, I haven't gotten too much involved. in yeah. um, how their background, yeah, how yeah. much the background is, but, yeah. Um, she's, I think she's in her mid twenties and she's still a virgin. Well,
0: everyone that I know, they, they, they came from a really just like foundationally Christian home, both, both couples, both male and female. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that being Christian versus not being Christian, but I know if you have that biblical understanding of intimacy, Mm -hmm. it's so much less about sex. Like it's so right. much less about it sex is. and I into me, you see, yes, the intimacy, <laughs> get that into me, you see, it's like, it's totally, it's, I didn't come up with that either. No, no, that's okay. We, yeah, it's not, it's neither doesn't matter one way or another. It is amazing. And it's just that I literally had to comprehend that intimacy while already being married, while already having had sex with my husband prior to marriage, and then having kids with my husband. So imagine it's unpacking more
1: challenges, especially smokes. finding out stuff. You know, not finding yeah. out, but rehashing, surfacing and, yeah. things from your past on top of all that has yeah. got to be just that overwhelming.
0: Well, and I, I just. Come in, my husband. For the place oh, that we're at now, I, I know he's. Can incredible. you clone him? I would love clone to him clone for him I've said and just this. make him
1: a little bit darker. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah. <laughs> I want to clone his his heart and give it away to bodies that uh, fit <laughs> the intimacy level that you desire. <laughs> but he he truly he's he's walked this situation out with me for years now, and you know to the point where I didn't even want anybody to touch me. Um, to the point where I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror, to the point that I didn't want. um, I surely, like, whenever anything, like, in a sexual manner happens, even, like, with my kids around, like, I am so cognitively aware on such a deep level of Mm -hmm. anything like Mm -hmm. that. And to the point that it's probably going to be to my kids' detriment. I hope I'm not that parent who's like, "You cannot have sex." But I hope that I had come up with a storyline of of explaining the heart of God behind mm-hmm. that passion. And I don't even think this was the intent of where this conversation was expected okay. to go. It
1: went where God wanted it to.
0: But absolutely, I know at the beginning we talked about where we've been, how we've got to where we were. We walked through the middle season mm-hmm. of our life, and so. I would love for you to share with people that wasn't even a part, fully a part of the blossoming that you've done. And There's I love so for you. More. Yeah. To kind of unpack that a little bit more on where you are now. And like this whole concept of success coach, like that's a success in and of itself to be celibate for six years <laughs> as a middle-aged 30 or a middle 30 year old woman yeah. who is his walk. And it's the testimony to your son, to your, 15 year old and son. he's actually
1: I've had conversations with yeah. him. he I've gone into great detail sure. but he knows what's yeah. happening in my past and yeah. he knows the walk that yeah. I've been walking Same. and yeah. and he you know he understands yeah
0: I love that for
1: for sure. a 15 year old as much as he sure. could understand he is his mom
0: and yeah I get that yes. there's a lot of fine lines in there and <laughs> right but I just I think it's incredible and I'm, I'm just commend you for for being as strong as you have been. So thank you for being an example to my daughter and to many, many, many women out there that it is possible. And I want to give hope to the people who have been in marriage or who are outside of relationships that it can start today. It's the decision that you make right now about Mm -hmm. how much you are worth because you Mm -hmm. are worth so much that so much that a life was given for you so much that a love is given to you and poured over you and prayed for you and planned out for you from before you were ever even conceived Mm -hmm. so know your worth whoever's listening know you are worth it um in so many different ways so strange transition but please share
1: (laughs) yeah so um yeah, so there was a lot. There mm-hmm. was a lot in the before military. Yeah. And then when I went into the military, it kind of went with me. Sure. And got – military kind of got dumped on top mm-hmm. of that. like Sure. Like um, weird – weird visualization sometimes i get these weird these visuals yeah never had like this but it's like i was thinking about an ice cream cone yeah and it's usually sweeter when you have more
0: yeah right
1: more scoops on top of the cone yeah but what happens when you put too many scoops on top of the cone
0: it's gonna fall off
1: exactly (laughs) that's good that's a good visual (laughs) exactly i love it so um it was literally like like the entire cone fell part yeah, yeah. of my life. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm just hot mess trying to push my way through. And I got very, very good at learning how to just keep pushing through. Yeah. Just keep trucking along because you know what? That's what I was told all my life. Yeah. Just keep pushing through. It's just get over it. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. So I learned how to do it. And I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And I literally ran my train off the tracks mm. and still kept trying to wow. drive that train. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it was just it was beyond nuts. um there was at least more than one occasion where I contemplated um admitting myself to a mental hospital.
0: yeah
1: um there was one occasion um prior to me joining the military that I uh, took fourteen ibuprofen, hoping to mm-hmm. end my life. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, ibuprofen really doesn't do that much. <laughs> it yeah. could make you sick. Yeah. Like make you throw up or whatever. Yeah. But fortunately, um, now take, please anyone who's yeah thinking anything, don't try, don't think that it's okay to take 14 ibuprofen. It's yeah. totally not okay. Yeah. It's totally not okay. 100%. But I'm grateful that it, it didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much, that's what I dealt with in my mind. I remember there were many years where I would be in such emotional turmoil that I would cry hysterically every day. I would scream. I would be angry. I would pull my hair so tight I was almost pulling it out, and I would bang my head on walls because there was so much going on in my head, yeah. and I didn't understand what to do with it. Yeah. And nobody else understood. Sure. And so the only thing I could do was just, Try to get it out, essentially. I would try to bang it out, try to pull it out, like and it and it didn't work. Finally, through working, through meeting Christ, yeah, um, and working through that relationship and other people that I came into contact with contact contact with through the church, I started to get some healing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what's helped me on the road to celibacy and many other areas of healing. Um and within that, um, and within my time in the military, yeah. I decided, um, my son's father when we were together, yeah. um, had, uh, encouraged me to go back to school Yeah. and I never thought that I could even go to school yeah. because one, I couldn't afford it. Sure. And I was a CD student before I dropped out yeah. and I hated school. So yeah. why would I go back sure, to school? Sure. Why would I go to college yeah. when I hated school and yeah. I wasn't good at it? Yeah but he encouraged me to at least try. He said, you have these benefits that are free to you. Why are you not using it? Yeah. Yeah. So I started off with associates trying Mm -hmm. to go for associates ended up before that was done switching to a bachelor's and Mm -hmm. got my bachelor's degree. Um, Before I was finished on my bachelor's degree, I was like, I want to go further. Yeah. I want to go get my master's degree. So cool. What in the world (laughs) was I thinking? Yeah. So, um, here I go, more school. Yeah. So I go and I get my master's degree, and when I was finishing that, my dad said, and a couple other people said, "You should go for your doctorate." And I was like, mm, "No, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Like that's it." Well, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Three years later, oh, that's so great. I'm sitting at work. After like a couple of days had gone by and like multiple people had talked about school, going back yeah. to school for this and that and whatever. And all of a sudden I just got this, it wasn't like a, like a voice that I heard. Yeah. It was just this general calming piece that just said, it's time to go back. Wow. It's time to go back. And so, um, I found a school and I enrolled and by the end of the year, Prayerfully, if all yes. continues to go well, I will have my doctorate degree. So
0: amazing. I, that, is, that degree is in what?
1: In the degree is in business administration yeah. with a concentration in leadership. Um, just in March, I finished all of my classes with a 4.0. And in some of that, I think the teachers just kind of said, Here, we want you to finish the class, so just hear the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But it was a lot of work with a yeah. lot of writing, a lot of research, yeah. a lot of days where I was crying <laughs> yeah but from a
0: G well from a dropout
1: <laughs> right to exactly. a doctorate exactly and
0: that is like boom
1: it is like a story
0: it is story, a, it so is. in it and MSL. what's
1: developed in all of that think of all the stuff that I yep. went through and yep. I mean I know people that went through far worse than yeah. me yeah and I commend them yeah for just even still being here today yeah, yeah. um but thinking about all the stuff that I had been through and each level that I've gone up and how much, you know, I've progressed educationally, yeah. um, especially through the help of God and the, my friends and family that have supported me. Yeah. Um, what's resonated in my heart so much is that no matter how far down you've gone, no matter how much you've messed up, you can not only rise above, but you can go further than yeah. you ever dreamed.
0: Yeah. So true.
1: Go further than you can ever dream. Yeah. And basically, that's kind of what has birthed this success coach concept. Yeah. My desire is to help people to figure yeah. out where are they stuck. Yeah. Develop a plan to move forward. Yeah. And coach them through that process.
0: So good. That's it. That's so good. That's, that's really it. And I love, you know, a big component of that just from where you've started out on that is your journey. And that's a, honestly, a whole nother podcast that some time. we might not have <laughs> no. time to talk about today, but I love that, you know, you're starting from that financial piece, mm-hmm. which I think is such a vulnerable conversation for so many people yes. already, because that's a place that you often hide. Again, yes, you're only so personal. as sick as your secrets. And the facade, again, the mask of what we put out in front for people to see, because Mm -hmm. what you drive matters, what your house looks like matters. But what debt are you carrying? Mm -hmm. What spending habits are you are you utilizing as comfort, Um, whether it's food, whether it's shopping, what, you know, so many different things. Um, So I love that you're starting in a place that seems businesslike, mm-hmm. but it's going to give you an opportunity to just let people be transparent. Yeah. And and that right there is going to give you the true end for that transformation mm-hmm. piece because if we can get our finances aligned and we can be honest about something as secretive as that, then you can really help from, okay, the finances are causing me anxiety. This is stemming mm-hmm. from this situation from, I didn't have money when I was younger, which is stemming from the fact that I lived out of a van with a mattress. And so you get to really, it's not just the success of what society deems a success, Mm -hmm. but what Jesus deems a success. Right. And that I'm so excited to see for people.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing. And we don't realize that we look at society and we look at society says you should do this and you should do that. But, between you and God, as long as it's in the will of God, yeah. you set the bar. Yeah, you set the bar, and when you get close to that bar, if you want, you raise it. Yeah, and you keep raising.
0: Yeah, it. I love that. It's funny because raise the bar is like a oh um, my god,
1: thing the, from Burn the Burn thing. and she's recently <laughs> become
0: my Burn sister too, which is amazing. <laughs> and we talk, you know, my my stick is all the mind, body, and soul component, <laughs> and I feel like you've gotten so mentally strong. You are so spiritually strong. And here you are working out alongside me to get that physical component mm-hmm. that I just think is going to make you unstoppable. And I'm, I'm so, I just love seeing that component of you just thrive um, because your testimony is just going to grow from that. Mm-hmm. So more power to you, like for constantly raising the bar, not for other people, but for yourself first Yes, and walking that out first. Yes. Cause I think so often we have this desire and you might have this internal call or purpose over your life that you knew a long time ago. Like, I want this for other people. You have a soft heart. You have a kind heart. You have gone through all of these trials. I don't want other people to do this, but until you are personally capable of standing on your own two feet, there's no way you can help somebody else mm-hmm. stand up. It's mm-hmm. just not possible. You're not sturdy enough for them to hold on to.
1: hmm and once you do, once you get to that point where you're able to stand up, yeah. you better reach back and help someone else
0: Amen, out. Amen, girl. Do not leave them there. Yeah, yeah. Because you
1: used to be there, and you you most likely had somebody help you through it.
0: Yes, so true. There's um, a Brene Brown book that I'm reading right now, Dare to, Daring to Lead, or Dare to Lead. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. She talks a lot about vulnerability and transparency, but all of it is about leadership I'm, I'm, it'd be amazing for your doctorate component. Um, but she's talking about creating this, um, square squad. And I'm actually talking about it tonight at core, which we're going to do afterwards. But, um, it's talking, it's kind of like the inner circle concept of what okay. we're often taught. Like you are the five people that you surround yourself mm-hmm. with and, and church pastor Robbie's always talking about that inner circle being mm-hmm. so covenant and it doesn't need to be 400 people or 40 people or four, like it needs to be four people. So I, she changes it, Brene changes it to the square squad. So it's a square and it who is you know, in front of you, who's beside you, who's behind you. And she mm-hmm. doesn't actually talk about it from that perspective. She just calls the square squad because there's Four people. And so the way I unpacked it and visualized it was that there's the person in front of you. They're your mentor. It's mm-hmm. the person you're following behind. I, I want to go where you're going. They're the person who's probably been where you are. And they're the one reaching up behind to say, mm-hmm. come on with me, just like you said. And then you have your people who are beside you, which would be like you and me for each other. The person who's like your sister, who's just like, come on, you've got mm-hmm. this, let's go. I'll go with you. I'll experience this with you. But then you have to have that person who's behind you that will catch you when you fall.
1: Taking it back to the beginning of the conversation yeah. and tying a military concept into yeah. that. So in the military, yeah. um, if you're not driving, if you're walking, you, well, even in the convoy, you've got people, cars in yep. vehicles in front of you vehicles yep. behind you. Um, the vehicle in the front and the vehicle in the back usually have um, someone with weapons okay and they're you know basically yeah. basically looking in all directions to cover a whole three sixty okay right and if you're walking around it's the it's the same concept. you at least have two people, but a lot of times you try to make sure you have a full 360 coverage. Yeah. And if you've ever heard the concept, Sorry. I got your six. Oh, so usually on the clock, you. yeah, on the, well, yeah, A exactly, yeah. 12 and a six. Cool. So the concept is, and, and a lot of times it's two people, but you can also have four. You yep. can have more people. Right. And so, you know, you have cool. that. Everybody's yeah. covering someday. That's like the clock. So you've got and the, the people here, 12, the three, the nine here and six, yeah. can scan this way. That's the people so here cool. scan this way, scan this way and scan this way. And you've got the whole thing
0: covered. That's awesome. It's, that's, That's so exactly good. what I
1: see when I when I see you draw yeah. it. That's, exactly- <laughs> That's
0: so cool! I love it. It's such a, it's a different dynamic, but yeah. it seriously makes up the exact same thing: exactly. circle versus yep. a square. Yeah. So it's full coverage. Yeah. And I'm 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 pumped to be alongside it with you. I'm excited to see as you. Oh, that was your elbow. It was my elbow. Okay, yeah. we need to get to the gym. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't break. Um, but imagining you being almost all of these for somebody. And not this, not for one person, but you're gonna be that mentor for someone who's like, "Come on, you are a sister already to me, and so many other walking life out alongside us." But then also that person who's like, "I got your six, Mm -hmm. and I love that about you because you're on guard all the time."
1: Probably too much sometimes. Maybe so. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe (laughs) Maybe
0: to a fault. We all have our 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 pros can be our cons.
1: Yes. Right.
0: So I mean, it's an interesting concept, even like. I was just going through a conversation of addiction and how your addictive personality can actually be your biggest strength. If your addiction is for good Mm. and yet at the same time, it can be your largest weakness when your addiction is turned to bad. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't even know how to close today out because it was just so dynamic in so many different ways, but do you have anything else that you want to share or say? I know we talked about other things.
1: Well, I think um, we really have touched everything. I mean, other than going deep into the financial stuff, I mean, there's, I've made some really poor choices financially and then learned a lot of things. Um, By the way, I love Dave Ramsey. If you haven't heard him, look him up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've learned a lot of things from that and that's really helped to shape certain things as well. Yeah. And you know, maybe another time we can have another podcast. We will. Um, But (laughs) when I was on my way here um, and I think you had asked me like to, you know, kind of think about some things I had, um, just a couple of words that popped in my Mm -hmm. head and those words were get back up. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage anyone else who's um, listening to this, no matter where you are, you're like, even if you've, if you've achieved a bunch of stuff, but you mm-hmm. feel like you're stuck or you feel like there's not another level, I encourage you there is, or if you have messed up in a certain area of your life and um, you feel like there's no way to go back to that and start again, mm-hmm. or even try something new. and Maybe, maybe it's not start again with that, but maybe it's start again with something new. Yeah you know, whatever, whatever it is, get back up, try again. I love it. I was just literally teaching
0: my five-year-old how to ride a two-wheeler, which he knows how to do, but he just has this fear factor that he's going to fall, which why not? And yesterday I, he kept getting so He gets so mad when he can't win or when he doesn't achieve and it's literally pushed on himself because I'm an achiever So I try really hard not to press that upon him that he has to be the best. Just do your best You don't have to be the best, but he kept falling and I just kept saying if at first you don't succeed Try 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 again and he would stop his feet. The tears would flow immediately and he got so mad and he's like Oh, I just have to make it home (laughs) And he would get back on the bike and keep going. And I just was so proud of him at the end because it is hard. It's not easy to get back up. There's going to be people who are in your way saying that you can't do it. And likely they're going to be the people who are closest to you. You keep going just like you said. You raise the bar for yourself, not for anybody else's Mm -hmm. pleasure, not for anybody else's expectations, but for yourself, because you are the one with yourself at the end of the day. You are the one who looks in your reflection when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. That is the time Mm -hmm. that you get to be real and most alive with yourself. If you are not getting back up, you are just falling. You're failing. You're You're falling yeah and there is such opportunity to just get right with yourself and that vertical alignment before you ever concern yourself with the horizontal alignment of yeah. other people and when you are ready, that horizontal alignment becomes beautiful mm-hmm. because you're open and able to to walk out like linked arm in arm and and i've I've walked out many, many years without having that open accessibility for other people. My mm-hmm. arms were tight to my side and I was marching forward, but I was not allowing anybody else to come along for the ride, Mm -hmm. even my own husband. So I'm thankful that I've learned that ability to just like be open for other people and knowing the value of getting back up and helping others up along the way. And you definitely have been an inspiration to me and helped me up many times. With your words and just your presence, so I'm grateful to have you here. I hope that others, and I know other people, have already um, experienced you from the Michelle Marie Success Coach space that you now are jumping into alongside the your doctorate degree. Um, It's insane. It's amazing. I'm so proud of you. I still don't
1: like. I'm still not comprehending. I know
0: it's so amazing. PhD. That's so wild. (laughs) Um, And so just if you guys want to look her up, she's incredible. I'll link her on the podcast and all of the lives that you guys are a part of now. Um, it's been real. It's been amazing. And I'm thankful for you. I love you. Love you too.
1: I love your smile.
0: (laughs) All right. The dogs have been with us the whole time and you haven't barked one time. You want to say anything? (laughs) No, nothing. So sweet. All right. Lots of love guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey y'all, I hope in today's episode you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness.